0: Hello and welcome to Ed Dolting. Today, our episode is Your Body Is Not Your Business. And we are going to be discussing body image. So trigger warning for those of you um, who may be still early in your recovery that we will be talking about body ideals and body size. Um, So take whatever measures you need to to protect your recovery. Uh, My name is Ryan Mitchell. I am a licensed professional counselor and I work predominantly with eating disorders. And I am joined by the ever lovely...
1: Tara Rolfes. I'm just a person working recovery, doing school and life with kids, and husband in the army.
0: Yeah, and that's the struggle, too.
1: Yeah, he leaves in a couple days, or in a week or two for six weeks.
0: Oh, happy new year.
1: Toodles. Yeah.
0: Okay, speaking of new year, um, we're reaching the point where a lot of people will make resolutions, the most common New Year's resolution is, I want to lose weight, Um, but I'm not sure people know why, (laughs) you know what I mean, like, I'm I'm quite sure people know that they're dissatisfied with their bodies, but I'm not quite sure anybody has, as many people have stopped to think, well, what makes me dissatisfied? Where did I first learn that why do I still believe it so we're gonna explore that a little bit today and I'm gonna do my best to um, not cut you off too much Tara <laughs> <laughs> and to temper my tendency to uh, get on my soapbox because
1: I like your soapbox hey
0: there's a lot in here I feel strongly about um, so some things here, that I want to make sure we hit our um, BMI's bullshit—the yeah. meaning we attach to body—and um, the difference between like body positivity and body love versus body acceptance.
1: Yep, all those things I really struggle with. Yeah. So, what should we tackle first? Let's get crack a laugh. Maybe we should talk about where we learned our body image like our own body image
0: oh that's a good one you want to rock paper scissors
1: for who goes first you can't even see me but okay <laughs> um i'll go first i guess since i brought it up okay and that's usually how it goes um so for me i developed my body image right around the age of five which is i think is probably pretty young i don't know and because like I specifically remember going to the gym with my mom at that age. And she was always, as a child, like desperate to lose weight and change her body image. And at that same age, I kind of learned what Slim Fast was at five. So for me, that message was always like ingrained in my mind that being fat equals not being lovable, because that was like absolutely modeled for me by my surroundings, by my parents, by society, etc. And yeah, I think it was about eight when I would like sit on the sink in the bathroom and like pinch the body fat I had and be like, well, God, this is how it starts. <laughs> like, I'm screwed. And I was like eight. So I had a really bad body image early on because that was, you know, modeled for me, just like most people that that's modeled for. I think at a young age, I don't think my childhood was really any different as far as body image goes. Because, Mm -hmm. like, society is all pretty much effed up about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless you had parents who both ascribe to, you know, health and every (laughs) size principles, then you probably got some messaging.
1: Yeah, and, like, I I think it's a cop-out to be like, oh, it's my parents. My parents put that in my brain. It's like, of course, I have some responsibility there, too. And, you know, I feel like just giving them all of the blame would be, like, giving away some of my power. Maybe. So I don't know. Like, of course, a lot of my own messaging comes from the era I grew up in, and, you know, skinny girls on the fronts of magazines and diet messages everywhere. And, you know, even down to like doctors who are supposed to be on your side being like, you know, if you just lost a little weight.
0: Oh, I was just talking about this the other day. Like, I I can recall when I was, um, what I considered to be my most like looking fit, right? Rather than actual fitness, but we'll get into that. I was at the point where I like looked my most fit and I was doing CrossFit and, um, and I was eating well, like I was eating enough. I was starting to, I was like doing the eat to perform thing and I was taking in, I was adequately fed for like the first time ever. And my weight was fine. My, you know, everything was fine. but because you know, when you're more athletic, you're going to have a higher BMI, <laughs> just like if you're more overweight, you have a higher BMI because it's a body mass index, not a body composition index. But it's like um, almost like a checklist for medical professionals. My BMI was over a certain number and it's like it immediately triggered weight loss counseling. Right. So I was told to eat lots of fruits and vegetables and make sure I was exercising. And I was like, um, I do all those things. But thanks
1: you're super helpful Thanks. also yeah, like I think cause... it's important to like call out body mass index because that was for a group of freaking people not for one person and do we know that it
0: was developed by insurance companies
1: right they're evil like, anyway to,
0: yeah to determine if somebody was healthy or not to set their rates for premiums like we're going to trust the people who are looking to make the most money out of us
1: <laughs> of course we are because they must be right
0: Oh, that that's the thing that kills me. But yeah, um, for those of you who aren't aware, BMI is utter bullshit. It means it's like utterly meaningless without a whole slew of other information. Yep. You know, because, I mean, you can take two people with the same BMI. Um, I've used this example before. Like, if you take uh, an elite athlete, because of their muscle mass, they are going to have a high BMI. You can also take another person who has um, higher deposits of fat, and they're going to have a high BMI, but they may have, may or may not have, very different pictures of health. And I say may or may not, because weight does not equal health at all. Um, and most of us, I can see, hear the little dog ear pricking going on right now. <laughs> um, what do you mean, Ryan? Because there are so many negative health effects associated with obesity. Well, no, not when you factor in lifestyle. So they've done. I do want to nerd out on this for a second. Nerd, nerd. They have done studies that show that really your mortality is affected by your lifestyle choices. So across weight, normal weight, overweight, and obese, if you have four healthy behaviors, you know, which are getting some exercise a few times a week, eating a good amount of fruits and veg, not Smoking and avoiding too much alcohol—just those four behaviors—equalized mortality rate across populations. So you're no more likely to die from—you're not dying from obesity; (laughs) you're dying from the effects of negative health behaviors. Because you can actually um, be obese and healthy. Yep,
1: and I don't even like—we don't acknowledge that at all. Yeah, we don't. like the word obese because mm-hmm. it comes from like the Greek, right? It's Greek. And it means to be overfed. Like you mm. can be obese and not be binge eating.
0: Yeah. Because there's we we gotta think too, there's a the bell curve of naturally occurring body sizes.
1: Yeah. There's body diversity. I mean mm-hmm. not everybody is going to fit within the ideal BMI standards. And I think what is it like four percent of the entire world population is born within the Quote unquote ideal body image weight that everybody has of like people in Hollywood and crap?
0: Yeah. I mean, the Hollywood crap, that like BMI of the low BMI where it's like not considered underweight, but still considered quote unquote healthy is 18. And only 2% of the population naturally, without restricting or over exercising, naturally occurs there. Uh, at the same time, again, so a lot of us fall in this in the spectrum of naturally occurring sizes. It makes sense that there's going to be some people who are naturally overweight, quote unquote. (laughs) Quote unquote. I mean, I even hate the word overweight, like, because that implies that your weight shouldn't be there. And quite frankly, if your body is maintaining it and you're maintaining healthy behaviors, it's not overweight. It's, it is your weight.
1: And what's weight anyway? What is weight anyway? Isn't it like your gravitational pull to the ground or something? Yeah,
0: that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay, so that's my rant about BMI and how medical. I mean, because medical communities end up, I see more people, especially adolescents, who have been either either initiated um extreme dieting or were encouraged to do so. Um, by their doctors.
1: Oh my god, my own doctor kept encouraging me in my eating disorder when I lost a whole lot of weight. She's like, "Whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. This is amazing." And then it was like three months later, I was in her office. And I was like, "By the way, I need you to do these lab tests because I have to go to eating disorder treatment." <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and then you get the the ever dreaded.
1: But you don't look like you, you have don't look like you have before. an eating disorder. Your weight's not that bad.
0: I was like, well, you don't look like your head is attached to your body.
1: You don't look like you have a medical degree. Yet you do. <laughs> Wonder how that happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, and that happens so many times too, where people will finally get up the courage to open up to their doctor about what's been going on, and they go, "Oh, you can't have an eating disorder. You're not underweight."
1: The doctor I saw last month refused to do this metabolic and hormonal test because she said, I couldn't possibly have an eating disorder at my weight.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: She's like, like, maybe if you just lost weight. I was like, oh, my God. That's the problem (gasps) is that I have actually gained a lot of weight in a little amount of time. And now we've got to figure out why. Mm -hmm. Stop minimizing my crap, you BS doctor.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: I don't see her anymore. I wrote a complaint.
0: Good. Yeah. And let that be noticed out there that if your concerns are not taken seriously or minimized, you don't have to stay with
1: that doctor. You employ them. Yeah. And it
0: doesn't mean that they're right. Very, I don't know. Um, in my grad school program, I received zero education on eating disorders. I had to seek it out um, and become proficient at it myself. Yeah, and I think medical professionals are probably along the same way. They probably get very little specialized um, education on eating disorders and how to recognize them.
1: They just get the very, you know, basic. If your patient's under this BMI, mm-hmm. then they have an eating disorder, and there could be yeah. tons of reasons, you know, that you're under BMI or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I think part of that is the medical community is not immune. To the same pervasive cultural messaging that we are. Right. We we think that they're like, well, they're medical professionals. Like they can be objective. Well, can you if you're subjected to the you know, they're still they're still prone to the same cultural stereotypes and norming and advertising that we all are.
1: And not only that, the obesity, quote unquote, obesity epidemic is so huge in their programming now as doctors that they probably get like money from pharmaceutical companies to push certain drugs on patients that are quote unquote overweight or, over, or obese or whatever. So, you know, they're naturally programmed to be like, oh, they see a weight bias, like weight stigma. Oh, you're overweight. Mm-hmm. Cool. Here's all these drugs that you must need now because your weight's high or whatever.
0: Oh yeah. We live in a fat phobic society.
1: You do. i read some articles where doctors like will terminate with patients because they don't want to like push on their bellies because they don't oh they, they're totally disgusted by that.
0: Or patients with legitimate pain and injury who are just, who are told like, well, your pain will go away. If you just lose weight.
1: I was told that when I had two bilateral DVT blood clots in my legs, by oh my gosh. you just lost weight. This pain will go away. And I was like, would you just measure my calf? And she's like, Holy crap. It's huge. I got to send you for an ultrasound thank you, you almost killed me. <laughs> like, oh, no. See, struggle that, that to is me is you.
0: tragedy right there.
1: Yeah, my heart condition was seen as anxiety for four years.
0: Oh, Rather than, you know, an SVT. outcome in poor signaling because your potassium is crashing from time to time.
1: <laughs> they still didn't know that then.
0: <laughs> <gasps> to be fair, were you honest with them?
1: No, I was not. Of course, I wasn't. But I also was, you know, not really engaging in behaviors because I was on Coumadin, and I was told that if I got the flu and like started vomiting, I would vomit blood. So that really scared me.
0: Oh yeah, that is scary.
1: Hmm. Um, let's get
0: let's get down to that pervasive cultural messaging. Let's do it. All right, so I want everybody there out out there to be fully. 100% 100% blinders off and aware that you are constantly being sold the message um, that you shouldn't be satisfied with your body as it is. Because if you were, you wouldn't buy this weight loss program. You wouldn't buy this diet plan. You wouldn't buy this book. You wouldn't um, buy these videos.
1: This yeah. supplement or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you're constantly sold the idea that you you should be um ascribing to a body ideal and we hide it as health all the time. But my answer is if it's really about health, then your weight shouldn't even be part of the conversation because your weight's going to do what it's going to do when you're being healthy. Yeah.
1: I agree. I did read somewhere about the health at every size and that the only two like places where it didn't really apply was on both ends of the far, far, far ends of the spectrum. So like, you know, largely, I guess, whatever, obese or whatever, to the point where you can't get out of bed and stuff, and then severely underweight because of eating disorder stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, In in
0: both of those cases, right, it's still about behavior.
1: Yeah, no, totally is. Because I mean, yeah.
0: Because again, if, if the severely, severely, severely underweight person starts eating, <laughs> you know, and, and eating more normally and eating regularly and eating sufficiently, you know, they're going to repair and they're going to get out of that range. And likewise, if the person on the other end of the spectrum is engaging in those behaviors, it's lifestyle and behavior change, really. It's not, but if if I make my primary focus to lose weight, and I don't want to get too much into like the science of diets because that could be in a whole other podcast in and of itself. It but like if the primary focus is to lose weight, I'm going to be chronically underfed. I'm going to be living in metabolic suppression. Um, I'm going to suffer. I'm not going to be producing enough hormones. So I'm gonna be depressed. I'm gonna be irritable. Like all of those negative health effects. Um, so it's really about fixing fixing behaviors, not losing weight.
1: Cause you if may or may sense. not lose weight, you might gain weight. You don't know. Like mm-hmm. most people when they start eating intuitively, I read just today, or I listened to it. I don't remember. One of those. Most people, when they start eating intuitively, end up gaining like Few pounds or so, some weight, because you know they're finally listening to what their body needs and and wants, and they're following their hunger and fullness cues, and you know their body is evening out at its natural size. It's supposed to be,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. And our and our body, like our body, doesn't care what our brains think our natural size should be, <laughs> and that's part of it too. Because again, we hear that and we're like, oh well, then if I'm intuitive eating, I don't want to gain weight. But yeah. that goes back to the fat phobia. Why not?
1: And also, if you want to be crazy around a plate of brownies because you're restricting yourself from eating it, then fine. Go ahead and be crazy, but mm-hmm. I guarantee you're gonna eat that whole plate of brownies later.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. May as well just have a damn brownie.
1: Eat the damn cookie. Um,
0: I do want to talk a little bit about um uh, body image ideal. Cause I've I've written about it before and I firmly believe. That as long as you hold on to, and I don't mean like would like, I mean holding on to, as long as you're holding on to this ideal body size that you would like to be, you're prone to relapse.
1: That's so true.
0: I would go so far as to say you're going to.
1: Oh, yeah. About three, three months out, you're probably going to relapse.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, a couple of things will happen. Either like in your body's repairing, it overshoots what you think it needs to be. And then you're like, well, that's exactly what I did not want to have happen. So now I'm going to restrict or go back to my behaviors. Um, And then if you're, let's say you do manage to like tarry on, (laughs) you got to at some point start challenging those beliefs. Like, what is it about? What is it that that ideal body is going to give you that you can't get? in other ways.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm in, I'm kind of in that battle right now. I've clearly overshot where, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be from whatever, but you know, I don't know. Obviously my body is way at that point. I've not really been in a, um, like a constant recovery phase or whatever for my body to find homeostasis. And kind of one of the big reasons because I just switched my dietitians and one of the big reasons I did that was because my army dietitian didn't really understand what I was trying to do like for her it kept on being about you know well she wants to lose this weight she's gained and while that's you know true because I think that's probably eating disorder side of me being like we got to we got to drop this weight quick it's not true in this in the fact that like That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to eat a sufficient meal plan, challenge my fewer foods, and at the same time, get to the point where I'm strong enough to start working out again in a healthy way just to get strong. And whatever happens via my weight in that time, I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, I freak out from time to time. Yesterday, I had a bad body image day and I cried for like an hour because like nothing in my closet fits. And my Mm -hmm. husband's like, you know, your clothes just don't fit. And he's like, "That would suck for me too." He's like, "You just need to get new clothes." Yeah, and he was right.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I think that's part of it too. Like, it's because even dietitians aren't immune to this. Like, even think about the thinking. Like, if your weight, cre- if your weight is up, so what? Yeah. Like, and so a lot of dietitians are like, "Oh well, I don't know. You've gained beyond beyond what? Like, what are they following? One of those." Effing charts.
1: F charts, man.
0: Right? One of those F charts that says like, oh, it shouldn't go above this weight. But why? If your body needs to to repair metabolically for a while, it may. It may overshoot your your quote unquote set point to heal. And then you may or may not lose weight after that. I don't know. But again, it's not about your weight, your weight going up isn't the problem. It's what are some of the things that are contributing to it going up? If it's going up because perhaps your ideal weight was too low and now you are restored, that's great. If it's going up because your metabolism has been suppressed for years and now you're currently working on repairing it, so be it. But weight itself being high is not a problem. Gaining weight is not an indicator of some, you know, insidious, doomed, health. I don't know, sentence.
1: (laughs) It's not, you know, it's not your measure of I've gained weight, therefore I'm not worthy or I'm too much or I'm not lovable Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Or even unhealthy,
0: right? Just because you've gained weight doesn't mean you're being unhealthy.
1: Exactly. That's one thing I've tried to explain to my doctors is like, yes, I'm being healthy. I'm following a meal plan. Just Mm -hmm. shut up about my weight. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because, I mean, and this, uh, hopefully any dietitians out there listening, If your patient is in eating disorder recovery, what we teach, and this is why it's the title of this um, episode, is your body is not your business. That your ideal weight is wherever your body ends up when you're eating adequately, which FYI out there, that's like between 2,000 and 2,500 calories for a woman and 2,500 to 3,000 for a male. So whenever you're eating adequately, consistently, and getting in movement that feels good and, um, and you enjoy, then wherever your body ends up is its ideal weight. And that may or may not match what you want it to be. And I think that's, that is up there with one of the hardest things about recovery.
1: Definitely. De- it's definitely the hardest thing for me about recovery is um, letting go of that ideal I don't know goal weight or whatever and to me it's not even so much about that number anymore like last year it was all about that number but this year it's more you know I just want to get healthy and I don't care what that looks like because I don't like I don't feel good when I'm doing all this crap and you know I've had increased like cardiac symptoms and there's like I don't want to feel crappy anymore and if that means I have to eat a brownie then crap I guess I have to eat a brownie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's also important to, um, recognize that just because you're like, yeah, all of this makes sense. And, and I do want to work on this, that it there's probably not going to be this like grand epiphany and the light shines down. And then you magically are like, oh, I love
1: and accept my body for what it is. No, <laughs> it is definitely true because a lot of you know, working on your new body image is rewiring all the crap messages put in your brain. So essentially, you're undoing brainwashing mm-hmm. to find a new body image. And you're like, it's, it is hard work. And there's a lot of, you know, because of eating disorders or trauma or whatever, you spend a lot of time outside of your body because you don't want to feel anything.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I think like doing a lot of, things where you're moving your body in a healthy way and being really mindful about that, like yoga or just, you know, walking and listening to your favorite podcast or whatever. I think those are really good ways to start to get back in touch with your body.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I like that you said that getting back in touch with your body because so many times we're used to trying to dictate, like, to control our body, right? Yeah. You will not be high. I, you will not listen to this hunger. You will, I don't know, all the other things we say. You will keep moving even though I, you want rest. I don't
1: care. After me, it used to be when I was running and my heart was beating out of my chest, we're still going to keep going. We're not going to stop. And in reality, I should probably stop and breathe for a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. What um, was
0: gonna, I going to say? forget. We, oh, the, so, so many times we're, we're stuck. We're not just told, you know, that the smaller body is more desirable, but we, we buy into it for a number of different reasons. We buy into it not just because we're told it, but because, you know, we experience people who reinforce that in our lives. And I think, too, part of, part of the work is, um, what, what do I think this ideal body is going to give me?
1: For me, do you, do you want me to answer that? Yeah. All right. I thought you might. For me, it's more like when I wanted to be at that ideal body, shape, size, weight, whatever. I, For me, I thought it would give me, number one, health. I thought I would be healthier at that. I'd be able to move better and faster and be stronger. And um, I'd be able to wear like cute and stylish clothes. Mm -hmm. you know, and be more aesthetically pleasing to people. And I could go to, like, my husband's unit functions and not be, quote-unquote, as they say in the military, a dependipotamus, which is what they call bigger military wives. Ew, what a horrible word. Oh, yeah. It's a whole nother cultural (laughs) culture here. Yeah. So, yeah. And so I would avoid my husband's unit functions for forever because I didn't want to go i didn't want to be made fun of or and i'm sure like a hundred percent of that was probably in my disordered brain but also you know i hear stories from other military spouses who have gone through that and it's just horrible like how it's like that fried green tomatoes movie have you ever seen it yes I'm sure you have Tawanda the avenger when mm-hmm. someone calls her a fat cow in the um whatever grocery parking lot
0: oh yeah i love that scene
1: Oh, like to me, like when I saw that movie, I was maybe ten, and when that happened, like I bawled like a baby. I was like, oh my god, that woman feels so bad. Mm. So yeah, so for me, health, being able to move better, faster, stronger, and being like aesthetically pleasing to people, and being able to wear clothes, and another part of it is, and this is gonna sound really dumb, but um, my my own dad is a a big part of. Um, you know why kind of why I have an eating disorder because growing up, it was always you had to be a certain image, how to look a certain way and stuff, and so for me, as an adult, like when i when I'm in a thinner body or if I'm looking better or whatever, I feel like he um is more apt to like give me a hug or more apt to like be loving towards me, mm-hmm. whereas when I gain weight and, and I'm in a bigger body. I just feel like a hundred percent judged. Everything I put in my mouth is questioned. Everything I do is like questioned. And I just, just can't even with that crap. Yeah. And I, I mean, and that's, that's something I
0: hear a lot is, um, that if I, if I say a certain weight or if I control my body or if I get to a certain size, then I can not just, not just gain acceptance, but also, also just avoid feeling shame.
1: Yeah. Body shame is so big, mm-hmm. and I think just like a lot of things um,
0: in eating, just dis- like disordered eating, disordered thinking, there's half truths, right? Because when you are bigger, you you do face more snide comments. Um, it's also, you know, it's also helpful to keep that in perspective that like these are people who have been brain- brainwashed as well, and they just it's like, <laughs> uh, God forgive them for they know not what they do. You know? um, so I think what happens um, as you feel stronger and stronger in your recovery is you you kind of get you kind of get sick and tired of that. You start calling it out when you see it, which is helpful, I think, in terms of your empowerment, right? Because there's like there's control I, and there's power and like I can try to control my body size, but ultimately trying to control will control me or I can find ways where I feel powerful to act and I can feel powerful to when I'm challenging, you know, those the, that status quo, I can feel powerful when I'm smashing diet culture, you know, with friends and family. Um, you know, they may not like it, but I feel powerful.
1: I had an experience like that. I think I told you about it the other day at the commissary this young military wife commented, I was wearing leggings and I was like really rocking like this red plaid flannel and some leggings. And I had just gotten out of a intensive body image, um, like in-person session for our trauma IOP. And so I was feeling like number one, exhausted, but pretty good mm-hmm. about myself because we did some good work. And um, so she said, oh honey, you really shouldn't be wearing leggings. And I was just like, oh, no, she did You're not. Like, because it's and too cold went, outside or what? Like I went off on her. We live in San Antonio. No, it's like eighty degrees out right now. Yeah. I went off on her. I was just like, Mm-mm, not today. Mm-mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she yeah. was scared.
0: And I'm not sure. I I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt and and believe that they're that comments are truly concerned for health. I really do, but I don't know where people. Get the idea that it's okay to comment on anybody else's size without knowing every in and out because you have no, because again, genetically, we come in a range of sizes. On top of that, some somebody looks like can tell you jack squat about their lifestyle.
1: Exactly. We spend so much time trying to fit into our genes, our G-E-A-N-S. We really need to fit into our genes, G E N E S. Mm-hmm. sorry that was corny but like it's so true like we're still you know we got to fit into this size whatever jeans when really like our own jeans are like uh-uh ain't no wine, honey yeah
0: yeah that's so true um when when you're and I think too when you're working on body image an important thing to keep in mind is you can still be uncomfortable And recognize that um, your body doesn't deserve punishment for existing and not fitting an ideal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What what, Uh, what was that? I've really been struggling with body image lately. So that's yeah. I've not really been very self-loving to myself about that. Like I've been, tr- I've been trying to follow the meal plan and I've been doing a lot better with that and doing the stuff that, you know, I'm allowed to do that makes me feel more empowered, but still like to the point where I'm probably going to cover up my mirrors because every time I look at myself, I'm like, Oh, you're so ugly. Mm-hmm. You slob. Why'd you let it get this far? And I'm like, ah. and so my, yeah, even my husband's sick of it. And, and I'm very careful about what I say around my kids because I don't want them to grow up with those, you know, like words in their head about as far as how they feel about their body, I mm-hmm. guess, because that's how I grew up and it did not do me any good. So yeah, it's been a real struggle trying to walk that line of healthy body acceptance. And I don't even know so much love, but just like, I guess,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and then just
1: falling totally off that cliff and being like, screw it all. I freaking hate myself. Mm-hmm
0: yeah and I'm glad you brought up like love versus like um I often use the example of a sibling. <laughs> there have been many 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 times growing up where my brother and I just did not like each other um for one reason or another, but we always loved each other right um and I think when you think about love, we tend to confuse it with like we tend to think i can't I can't love myself until I like what it looks like um but when you think about how you know somebody loves you, it's the things they do, it's what they say, it's how they treat you, it's their thoughtfulness of you. Um, and I think the same thing can be true in how we treat ourselves without needing to like ourselves. I mean, I don't always like my spouse at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I <laughs> love a- him
0: and I, and I still, you know, I may be super annoyed with him in the morning, but I still am like, here's your eggs, right? Because I love him. I'm still going to like if I'm making eggs for myself, I want to make eggs for him, too, because I love him, even if I'm annoyed that day. Um, And I think the same we can take the same approach when it comes to taking care of our bodies. And it is not loving to deprive your body of energy. It is not loving to be, you know, self-shaming. I want to pick up on even even just the words of like, you know, when you said look in the mirror and you think to yourself, like, how could I let this go this far? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i knew i'd get called out on that i was like oh let crap
0: let what go your health <laughs> let what go your <laughs> ideals
1: yeah i guess my ideals more so than my health because you know i am getting healthier mm-hmm. but um you know i believe i'm getting healthier
0: yeah yeah and i i think that's part of it too like when you think about mental health and physical health um dieting or restricting or overeating or purging none of that serves either
1: no, it doesn't. And you're going to have this false ideal that doing all those things will help you. Like if you have a mental illness will actually help you control that mental illness. Also not true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure that there's many people out there who've experienced the frustrating uh, body mechanism to avoid starvation where you'll actually gain weight while restricting.
1: Oh, I have. <laughs> and I'm I like, that's actually your body that.
0: looking out for you. That's, that's your body loving on you right there. I'm not gonna let you starve in this famine. Not again. (laughs) Not again. We're not doing this. I got you, boo. (laughs) I'm gonna shut down anything non-essential and I'm gonna slow way down so we make the most use out of everything, okay? And you gonna sleep, girl.
1: You're gonna sleep so much. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna be so tired, but you're gonna tell people you have lots of energy. (laughs) Coffee will be your friend. (laughs) Coffee. Coffee
0: will be your new energy. Um, and, and all for, and all for not just, it's, it's not necessarily the body that we're going after, although it is, it's what, what it represents, what we think it's going to give us. We think it's going to protect us from hurt. We think it's going to protect us from shame. We think it's going to get us acceptance. Um, we, we think it's going to solve all our problems. It's
1: just going to create more problems. And then you're going to have probably more shame and yeah. I use this example,
0: um, I think you'll get a kick out of it. I I thought of this spur of the moment the other day. It's like, did you
1: did you ever do true love weights? <laughs> Not only did I do it as a pregnant teenage mom, single mom, I taught it to middle school students. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, I think true love weights like.
0: Set up a lot of young people for some really skewed ideas about sex in that, right? In true love weights, you're taught to save sex until marriage, but you're also taught whether implicitly or explicitly that like all sexual desire is sinful and bad, and you should distract yourself and you should control it. It's something to be controlled and not control you, and it's dangerous, right All of these messages about sexual desire. But then when you get married, you're supposed to magically just be like totally cool with it. <laughs> ah, yeah. now now it's in its appropriate place. And I don't have any mixed messages here. Um, and it's the same thing with with body. Like, let's let's say you're okay, I'll eat normally when I hit my ideal weight. I'm sorry, but the disordered thinking is still going to be there.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> it sure is. So, and- kind of like
0: true love weights, you got to break those associations with sexuality and shame. You know, with eating disorder recovery, you, you got to break the associations with eating and shame, with feeding yourself in shame, with allowing your body to
1: be what it what it is in shame. Exactly, I love that metaphor because it's so true. It's kind of a weird one, but I I, I thought it worked. Oh, I you. I liked it. I liked it because, um, as you know part of what I do is like a youth sponsor for youth group kids. But a long, long time ago, when my husband and I were first married and then our friends were newly married too, we had like a five hour discussion about that one time. (laughs) When you're married, you're just supposed to be automatically really good at sex, even though you've been told your whole dang life that it's this awful, horrible thing. And despite whatever experiences you may have had, you know, before that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just this magical thing that's supposed to, you know, when you say I do, it's like that it's like no it doesn't work that way and i think it is exactly the same with eating disorder recovery like mm-hmm. just doesn't work that way you get to that ideal way you're like all right we're here now let's do the thing let's do that recovery thing they've been telling me to do because what ends up happening is your body goes haywire and it's like oh we're just gonna overshoot this set point that's what we're gonna do and uh screw you we're gonna mm. do me <laughs> we're gonna get healthy
0: yeah yeah i mean and, and that's I mean that's the double-edged sword is like okay well let's say even magically you were able to do that let's say magically you got to your ideal weight and you were like okay and now I'm going to eat normally and let's say let's say that worked for you and all the disordered thoughts just magically went away your size would change (laughs) because you are now being fed and probably not at a weight below where you're supposed to be Um, likewise still if Let's say you decide to change, and maybe your weight never got to that ideal. Same thing; you may temporarily gain some weight while your body repairs and tries to figure out. Okay, and tries to trust. Your body's also trying to learn to trust you again, just like you're learning to trust your body.
1: Ugh, so much trust. Mm-hmm. There's just oh yeah, I I really struggle with trusting my body. I really do. But I keep just, you know, doing this thing where I'm like, all right, just one more week. Just one more week. We'll trust it. Just one more week. And then if it sucks, then it's kind of like that. What is it? Delay, distract, decide skill or whatever. Mm -hmm. Delay it, distract, and then decide. And then if it's another week, this week wasn't so bad, then we'll do another week. And then eventually I'm hoping that I'll gain lots of weeks that it'll be a thing of the past where I have to, like, decide to delay, distract, and decide hmm
0: yeah yeah because again what i think what makes the bad weeks the bad weeks is we start
1: we we start buying into the culture again yes that's true and we're we live in such a fortunate time i think that we have blogs and podcasts and so much information for free for now on the internet that we can access and you know, surround ourselves with, like, you don't have to watch TV and be inundated with body weight, stigma, shame, etc. cetera. You can instead like, you know, get on the podcast and look up, you know, like Isabel Fox and Duke and listen to her talk about, you know, body image and um, intuitive eating and all that and just be and refill those messages with, you know, positive health at every size messages. Oh,
0: God, I'm so glad you said that because that's that's one of the first things I usually recommend to new patients is doing a media detox. Like, be really yeah. mindful of the pages that you're following and what you're looking at and what you're searching on Pinterest and pinning, and and add in those more um, you know health at every size, you know, body acceptance things to start to change that wiring. Start to challenge yourself.
1: Exactly. That's probably one of the first things I did do because now, even now when I get on Pinterest to look up like a recipe that follows my meal plan or whatever, or doesn't, I don't even care anymore. But when I'm looking up recipes, the first thing that pops up all over my freaking newsfeed is weight loss, this exercise, this exercise, do this, quick diet loss, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, who's pinning this crap? Do you I actually saw an
0: advertisement for a low calorie wine that said drink without guilt what and i was like number one if i drink too much and do something stupid i'm gonna feel some guilt anyway
1: maybe some shame
0: number two like again there's there's again that implicit message that consuming sugar should make you feel guilty and so you can have this wine without guilt
1: that's so dumb a bottle of wine is like six carb exchanges I know, but it, it, to me, it was just my—it's just
0: flabbergasting. Like it was that blatant. Like when you look at what's not being said, is the message that you should feel guilty for consuming sugar. That's dumb. That's sugar, no guilt. Like, at work, because it's like I don't remember I'm, the beauty campaign, but there was also like the the embrace your flaws. Embrace oh, the your flaws. Beauty, well, the in order to campaign. do that, I have to agree that I have flaws.
1: Yeah, someone calls it being flossome. <laughs> and I kind of like that. It's like I kind of like that. I'm so Awesome. The awesome. snap. Yeah. I'm flowsome, so girl.
0: Yeah, but somewhere along the lines, we, we like started labeling difference as flaw.
1: Yeah. When did we do that? And how can we make it stop? Yeah. Oh, I know. <gasps> stay Just woke. Stay- That's how. Stay woke, friends. Get <laughs> woke. I think I was talking to Oh, I was talking to my new dietitian and we were talking about um, just different stuff or whatever. And I I said the phrase, I was like, well, now that I'm woke, like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one,
0: too. That's a good Because, like, again, like going back to when you said, um, I'm also learning to trust my body. I'm going to be like totally facetious. Some days, right? Trust trust my body means. well, I don't want to assume. What does Trust My Body mean to you?
1: All right, To me, it means um, now I'm allowed to do some hit workouts. And then I got like a weight lifting little thing that I got to do this week. And so one day I woke up and I was really not feeling it. Like I was just not feeling good. I had a migraine. It went away throughout the day. but Then I was really, really, really exhausted because my sleep just kind of sucked lately. And I was like, well, I could either do this hit workout because I'm allowed to do it. Or I could just like listen to my body and just chill and not do anything but watch Christmas movies on the couch with my husband and kids. And so I decided for the latter because I didn't want to like feed that, um, pff, no pun intended, feed that uh, ed, ed behavior. and thought that I used to have where I used to over exercise a lot, a lot, a lot. And that's kind of one thing where I've really come a long way in is listening to my body when, it, when I feel like, you know, moving it in a joyful way that you know, serves me or whatever, and when I don't. So that's kind of one way that that trust shows up. And another way is, um okay, so as far as the food part goes, it's, um, you know, trusting that my body is hungry, even if I don't feel like it's, you know, hungry, I know that there are different hunger cues, like thinking about food all the time. And Um, just being obsessed with food is kind of like a hunger cue It's your brain being like, yo, be hungry, even though you can't feel it. So just trusting that those thoughts about food are not just me obsessing over food. It's actually me being hungry. And so therefore it kind of compels me to eat my full meal plan and then, um, snacks. I have this really cool option now where in the morning, I don't have to eat a morning snack if I'm not hungry, but if I'm hungry, then I need to honor my hunger and eat a snack. And so I've done that a couple of times. Like normally the morning is really hard for me because I'm never hungry. But, um, a few times, like after workouts or whatever, I've been really hungry. So I've been eating snacks and so, yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, like trusting what my body, that my body knows what it's doing and, you know, really trying to get back those hunger and fullness cues so I can one day eat intuitively. Yeah.
0: Good. Good. I think, um, I'm, I like your answer, because I think sometimes people um, end up swapping intuitive eating for dieting.
1: Ooh, they do right. that all the time.
0: And, they, th- and they, they think that trust my body means I'm going to trust that my body is going to find a set point that I will find acceptable.
1: Silly <laughs> yeah. rabbit. Yeah.
0: But, and that's a really, com- we don't even know we're doing that sometimes. It's that pervasive. Um, so if there's an overall theme, I think it's just constantly be, be aware of those beliefs, those body beliefs that you're carrying, ask yourself where they came from, why you still believe them to be true, um, and how those beliefs may make, make you feel like just start there, start with some curiosity, start by maybe believing that you don't have to believe what you've been told about bodies.
1: Exactly. That's the number one thing I do a lot because I have a friend that tells me, well, did you get curious about it? Well, mm, no. So yeah. like getting curious about it, chasing down that rabbit in the hole or whatever that phrase is, you're just figuring out, you know, where it came from. Well, now that I know this, what can I do with that information and how can I, you know, arm myself better next time when this thought, feeling, et cetera, comes up?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad we had this chat.
1: It wasn't as difficult as I thought it would be. Yeah. Were you really like dreading it? I was because I hate talking about body image. I don't even, we don't even talk about it in therapy because I just, I, I honestly get so anxious that I have a panic attack. Mm, Yeah.
0: And I think that's, that's pretty common too. Uh, I think it's hard. Like there's this weird, and you might be there. I don't know. There's like this weird phase of recovery where where you're you're aware that those body beliefs are bullshit, but you still kind of believe them, yeah, and so you're like you're you're working on challenging them, even though you're like unsure and full of doubt, and you're just kind of trusting that your treatment team knows what the hell they're talking about and going like, okay,
1: <laughs> in right. the end, I'm gonna have a full life, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, in the yeah, in the end, it's kind of like um. Yeah, this is uncomfortable as hell, but I was uncomfortable before, so it may as well serve a life I want to be living.
1: Either way, it sucks. But at, at <laughs> the end of the other end of the rainbow is you don't die, so that's good.
0: At least not from you know starvation.
1: Well, yeah, we all gonna die. Yeah.
0: <laughs> On that delightful note, we're about out of time.
1: <laughs> Wishing you a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah's yes. ending probably today, or Kwanzaa if that's your thing.
0: Yeah, or Festivus. It's the holiday for the rest of tomorrow's us.
1: Tomorrow's the winter solstice.
0: Oh, yeah. Winter solstice. Yeah. Oh, I love winter solstice. I love winter in general because I, I kind of feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's dreary and it's cold and everything shuts down. I'm like, But isn't that beautiful? Like it is a <laughs> time of year where it is okay to slow down and turn inward and take stock. It's
1: everything is renewing. It. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. And it's so quiet. hmm
0: So take some of that quiet, if you can find it, and take some of that opportunity um, and symbolism that winter serves and take stock of your body beliefs.
1: Yeah, And if you need a a reminder of how to deal with the holidays and food, check out our holidays holidays podcast that's just before this one.
0: Yes. Um, And some good, just like throwing this out there, good resources for um, really challenging your body image. I love. I can't remember the name of her blog, but Summer Inanen. In mm, has yeah. a great body image blog um, and podcast called the Fear Rebel something Fearless Rebel Fearless Rebel Radio. Um, is her podcast? It's wonderful. Um, you can also follow. Um, I'ma eat that or what is her name? Doctor Laura. let no, check Instagram. There's Doctor Laura. She does a a non-diet advent calendar that's also her. delightful. So take, you know, take some time see what's out there in terms of challenging those body beliefs and see see if you can practice some body love even if you're not quite to like.
1: Exactly. And a good resource for yoga is on YouTube this woman called Adrian. She has like so much yoga practices on youtube for free and there's a really good stress and anxiety one that's really low key and gets you like right back in your body so i highly suggest that
0: all right so after um after the christmas break we'll be tapping a new topic in eating disorder recovery and i hope you will join us for more adulting then
1: see you later